and welcome to Make Good, the podcast about yarn and knitting from Scratch Supply Co. We're recording today from downtown Lebanon, New Hampshire, and we're really excited to be here. I'm Karen. And I'm Jessica. Hey, Jessica, why do you need a project bag? Um, why wouldn't you need a project bag? <laughs> I, I need bags for everything. Right, but why are project bags such a ubiquitous thing, and why are there so many different options, and how do you choose? I have answers to all of that. <laughs> is this what we're talking about today? I think that is what we're talking about today. Good, because I love bags. You need a project bag because otherwise your knitting is totally unruly. Your yarn is wild. It's like it's alive. <laughs> <laughs> it will take over every surface in your home. It's everywhere. There's so many bits and pieces, and the yarn has so much potential for movement that has nothing to do with the project in your lap. You need to contain your things. Yeah, it's really frustrating when you like throw your knitting in your like regular bag, Oof. right? And then you go to pull it out and there's like a pen with a clip stuck into the skein and like your wallet is somehow in there and your needles are tangled around something and you're like, the cap uh, came off of your lip stuff and ah! now you have gross lip stuff on your knitting. Yuck. The worst. Yeah. You can avoid that though by having a dedicated project bag <laughs> that meets your needs because they're not all the same and every knitter wants something kind of different. Right. So one of the really nice things about a project bag versus like a basket or something is that it makes it portable. But yes. even if you're not somebody who generally is like on the go with your knitting, it's still nice to be able to close the thing that your project is in because there might be kids or pets or moths. Ah! <laughs> All kinds of things can happen. You could spill your drink into your basket. Like, crazy things can happen. I recently did that. Do you know that my sorrel took a bath in a gin and tonic one night? It's probably not the last bath that your sorrel will take in gin and tonic. That's correct, yes. <laughs> and now my project bag cannot help it. It's on its own out in the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, and there's a lot of stuff that goes along with knitting. So much stuff. Bits and bobs, your notions, your yarn. Maybe if you're a paper pattern person, you've got crumbled folded pieces of paper or you're a, <laughs> a tidy knitter and you keep your paper patterns in a folder or some sort of sleeve so they're protected. You might have an iPad or some other tablet device that you keep with you and you want to kind of contain all of that in a safe space for your project. Well, and you definitely want to have, I do this to Jessica all the time, where I'm like, my project bag is pared down and we're sitting on the couch knitting or whatever, and I don't happen to have my measuring tape or a stitch marker or a key to change my needles or whatever. And I'm not going to get up and go get that thing. Like, I know where it is, but it's fully 30 feet away and there are dogs and there's string. And like, it sure would be nice if I actually had it inside of my knitting bag. Unfortunately, I usually do. So <laughs> I can just rifle through my, I'm going to say many bags that I kind of keep in a close radius to me. And I can produce whatever notion you're looking for because I've got it. So why, why something that is a project bag versus, I don't know, like a reusable grocery bag or something? Oh, sure. 
you totally can put your project in a reusable grocery tote. And I will tell you that at some point my penguona went to live in one because I had a really big grocery bag and it was necessary because that project got so huge it didn't fit into any of my knit-specific <laughs> project bags. But it's nice because sometimes they feature special little things that are like purpose-built for knitters, but largely it comes down to aesthetics. Right. We talk about this all the time. Like knitting is very, 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 very slow fashion. And fashion is all about aesthetics and everyone's aesthetics are different. But, you know, you're doing this because you love it. And it's nice to have nice things if that's what you're into. So picking a project bag that you love is part of your whole process of choosing yarns that you love and tools that you love. It's something nice that you get to do for yourself. I really like having a dedicated bag. We all have definitely grabbed like random tote bags and whatever, but I find that the less like positive feelings I have toward the bag, the more likely it is that I'm going to just throw random things in there. I don't keep it tidy. There's crumpled paper. There will be like a granola bar wrapper shoved in there somewhere. Like just, I like to have a nice bag. It's nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that that's a shared feeling because I. I'm kind of a self-proclaimed bag lady. I, on any given day, have between two and sometimes up to five bags with me. I have many <laughs> bags and bags that live inside of bags because I like to have my stuff that I need with me. I'm not a heavy packer. Say if we were traveling somewhere, I don't have tons of stuff. But like on a day-to-day -day basis, I just have stuff that I need to have with me. <laughs> So it's nice to like quickly look and know what's in which bag and feel excited about all of them. Yeah. Neither of us are big purse carriers. Mm -mm. So for both of us, we each have kind of one or two large project bags that is also our everyday, you know, your wallet's in there, your keys are in there. So that's really nice too. It's nice to have that. But the important thing is your knitting is in there because mm -hmm. keys, you can make it work if you don't have them. No knitting. What are your hands going to do? Right, right. Yeah. So let's talk about big bags. I love big bags. The thing is, though, that neither of us live in like a major city, right? Lebanon is a city, but it's not like a ride the subway, public transportation, crowded street kind of city. Yeah, our bags don't need to be like close to our body because we're crammed on a sidewalk with hundreds of other people. They're just kind of like floppy and open and hanging out on the floor. But you might be in a place where if you are keeping your keys in your wallet and your electronics in your bag along with your knitting, you might want to be able to close it up. Yeah, I've been pickpocketed twice, once on the metro in Rome and once on a bus in Philadelphia. And both times somebody just reached into my open, didn't close bag and grabbed my wallet and like lived their lives. And I lived a slightly less convenient life for a little bit of time. So like that may or may not work for you, depending on where you live. You might also want a bag that closes on the top because a lot of project bags don't. Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking about your dream project bag, there are lots of things to consider. Like in addition to the closure or lack thereof, you might want to think about how you like to carry bags, right? Like what type of strap will make this bag most comfortable and functional for you? What kind of material is to your liking? And we're going to talk to you today about some of our favorite project bags. Right. So we're going to kind of break them up into like three families of bags. And we are going to go big first. Because your big bags 
can be home to all of your smaller bags, That's which right. is my favorite thing. <laughs> it's like like those nesting dolls. Who knows how many bags are inside of the big bag? Maybe a lot. Probably a lot. <laughs> the thing that's nice about the two particular large bags that we're going to talk about is that the interior of the bag is really simple. There's not like a zipper or like some kind of snaggy closure on the inside that, you know, your yarn is going to get caught on. You know, the little like on a zipper, the thing that attaches the pull to the zipper always has that little gap. Uh You know, I have no vocabulary for what I'm talking about, zipper anatomy. But (laughs) if one of those is near your yarn, it will eat your yarn. Uh Uh-huh. It's hungry and it wants it. That's so scary. (laughs) (laughs) And like, depending, right? I find like with smaller bags, it works a little bit better. Or sometimes like there's a one we're going to talk about in a little bit that has like a zipper pocket on the inside. It's a little bit of a different deal. But yeah, I like the solid walled. Like a smooth interior. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So (laughs) solid wall is gross. (laughs) I mean, so is smooth interior. These things are all, (laughs) we've gone to a horrible place. Right. Please help. (laughs) So one of the larger product bags that we happen to stock in the store, which both of us are currently using as our like carry them around bags, are the Artifact Bags Knitters Totes, which are great. The only thing that distinguishes, by the way, artifact bags like regular totes from their knitter's totes is that the knitter's totes they've added two little grommets to. And I think we've talked about that before. You could run your yarn through that and then it kind of also functions as like a mobile yarn bowl or something. But you are like you have to then break your yarn to separate your project from your bag. So make your choices. Yeah, it's nice bag. It's heavy duck canvas. It's got some exterior pockets. Which is nice because the interior has no pockets. Right. It's got really nice clean seams inside. They're covered in fabric. There's a sewing term for that that I don't know. So sewists, if you know, you'll know what I'm talking about. Where like fabric wraps around the stitched seams so that there's no like exposed thread that's going to like come off from a serger or something. It's just like aesthetically pleasing and zero snaggable. It's got a nice wide gusset so it's sturdy when you plonk it on the floor. It's not going to fall over or crumple down on itself. Yeah. So it's really great to work out of either next to the couch or like when you're out and about knitting in a park with some friends or something. Oh and because it's a tote style it's got the kind of straps where like you could just grab it and carry it like a market bag or hoist it up onto your shoulder. Yes. So can we talk about carrying bags on your shoulder for a minute? Mm -hmm. This might just be me. Do you have one shoulder that feels right to carry a bag on and one that doesn't feel right to carry a bag on? Yes. I tend to carry everything on my left side. I think that means we've messed up our bodies. Oh, I know I'm a mess. (laughs) (laughs) You know how like if you're somebody who crosses your legs and one direction will feel more comfortable. And it's because by crossing your legs, you've like warped the alignment of your Uh hips slightly. I think that by at whatever age, you know, especially those of us who were encouraged to carry purses and stuff while growing up, you sort of develop one shoulder that like is flatter than the other. So mix it up. Try to adjust that. Try to carry it on your uncomfortable shoulder once in a while. Yeah, I assumed I carry stuff on my left side because. I'm right-hand dominant, and when I spend years carrying around little kids on my hip, I always carry them on my left side, so, like, everything just gets hoisted to my left side. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. We talked about that a lot in Pilates, actually. And if you always carried kids on one side, that hip is usually higher because yep. you like live your whole life with your left hip like hiked a little, up. A little torqued. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because, you know, as knitters, what we're doing is something physical and you do need to be taking care of your body. Just having a little awareness about that. Sure. Maybe switch it to the other side once in a while oh. if that's something that works for you. Alternately, you could carry a bag that is a backpack style. We are huge fans of the Knitter's Backpack, which is from Ritual Dyes. And it's a really sweet canvas bucket bag that is completely like devoid of pockets anywhere, no interior or exterior ones, but is a beautiful canvas for your enamel pin collection. And it's got a just really simple but smart little leather loop that the shoulder straps run through. So if you pull the straps through, you can wear it backpack style. Or if you pull the straps straight up, it's like tote bag style. So the straps like work in either direction. Yeah, and those are great because you can carry them on your shoulder. If you're going like a long distance, it's really nice to be able to put them on as a backpack because then your arms can both swing because it's the Rhinebeck bag. Yeah, absolutely. If you go to Rhinebeck, you will see these bags everywhere. They're like prestige knitter bags, I think. We stocked them in the store and we both claimed one. And I think I, in particular, did not stop using it for any reason, for any purpose, for like two entire years. I was like, this is my bag and I do everything with it. Everything. Me too. I I have the one that's all black and took it everywhere and have everything in it. And some of my favorite pins live on it. And it fits a surprising amount of stuff. Really does. Like a lot of things can go into that bag. I don't know. It's magical. Yeah. It is probably the biggest capacity. So if you're making like a penguono or a lap blanket or something, you can actually fit your whole project in this bag. And then if it's like really heavy, you can wear it like a backpack and it doesn't feel so heavy. They also make a smaller version. They do. I don't know if mini is the term that they use for it, but there's like a scaled down size of this knitter's backpack that is pretty cute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Both of those actually are also made in the U.S., which I think is great. The Ritual Dyes one is made in Portland and the artifact bags are made in Omaha. Mm -hmm. What about something a little smaller? Oh, we've got great suggestions for smaller bags. So right now we're super excited about some bags that are new to us. They're from a bag line called Magner, Mm -hmm. and the knitting bag that he makes is the Nitty Gritty Project Bag, and it's killer. It's a wax canvas bag that's got a great gusset, sits nice and flat, and has like two cute tiny little handles because it's not really meant to be a carrying bag, like it's a project bag that will fit in your bigger bag. It has little loops for your pens inside, and it does have a little zip pouch for your like notions and that kind of thing. There's grommets inside on one of the panels, so you could run like three strands of yarn. I think it's three. And that's really nice. Also, he has like the most adorable dog. Very important. He's a one-man show, and so his Instagram is like entirely him sewing, and then also his amazing like white-faced dog that I want to hug. Mm-hmm. All dogs are great. Yeah. They're good buddies. (laughs) There's also the Coco Knits Craft Caddy, which you might be familiar with. Coco Knits does a line of accessories that are made out of this like very heavy duty paper. 
and it's neat. Like it's designed so that you can wash it. Like if you run this paper through your washing machine, it will kind of age and distress it so that it looks like leather, but it's totally paper. It's so cool. That's so, it's such a neat thing. Mm -hmm. It's a neat kind of little rectangle. It's like shoebox sized ish and has a shocking number of pockets. (laughs) It does. It's like made of pockets. How do they do that? It's got nine pockets on the inside and three on the outside. And I think it's, well, awesome for knitting like socks and hats and other like small projects. If you are also a crafter that does other things, like if you do embroidery or cross stitch or something, those pockets are great for like all of your little bobbins of thread. Or maybe you turn this into like your portable mending caddy. So all of your sashiko needles and threads and darning eggs and things kind of all live in one place and that's where you put your little pile of socks that need to be fixed. It's super cute. Okay, can we talk about the other Coco Knits bag, which is their Four Corners bag? I love that bag. I do too. I love the aesthetic of it. When we first brought them into the store, I was like, I want one. And I remember very specifically the project that I was keeping in it. And I was super not enthused about that bag because I didn't read the directions. Okay, so (laughs) basically what it is, is it's a linen square and then you can get leather handles that you sew onto it, right? So it's like this really adorable little market bag, but it is, it's a linen square. When you first open it up, there's a little bit of string hanging off the fabric, Mm -hmm. which is aesthetic and fine. And then as I carried this thing, the string like unraveled like crazy. And I was like, this is so annoying. What is wrong with me? And then... I actually read the instructions and you're supposed to, before you sew the handles on, trim all the little strings that are hanging off so that it only like unravels to like an aesthetic amount while you carry it and not a dysfunctional amount. So read the instructions, even when it's attaching a strip to a square, which Mm -hmm. is what I was doing. I thought I was too smart and didn't have to read the instructions. That seems believable. (laughs) I'm, I'm somehow not shocked by this. Instructions are fake. Until you need them. And then they're not. (laughs) Jessica really loves assembling IKEA furniture with me. Loves it. Because I'm always like, what instructions? Uh Uh-huh. That does happen. (laughs) They're really nice bags, actually. And they hold a surprisingly huge amount of yarn. Because they're just kind of like, if you picture like a bandana, basically, with handles at the four corners, it can get big to hold a lot. It could be little to like securely hold a small amount. Like they're, they're really nice and functional. Just trim the strings. One of my favorite things about those bags actually has to do with Instagram. I've seen lots of people who take their linen four corner bags. I think I've even seen a little video from Coco Knits themselves doing this and they like block print on the fabric. So like you can get crafty with these bags and kind of make it fit whatever your aesthetic preference is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're pretty cool. All right. What about little bags? I love little bags. They're just <laughs> you can, adorable. You can put six of them inside your uh, knitter's backpack. Mm-hmm. I, and I have. <laughs> and I will do it again. Yeah, small bags are fun because they, they can hold anything. What, what mysteries are inside? They're for like one or two skein projects usually. A lot of times they're drawstring. They're sort of, I don't want to say flimsier material, but they're not, they're usually not canvas or something. They're, they're like lighter flex- weight. Yeah, they're flexible fabric. And they're good for like hats or socks, that kind of thing. And often 
these are some of the cutest bags. Yeah. I think drawstring bags are where people like get fun with interesting fabric prints or they play around with like screen printing designs and art and cool cheeky things. So we have some adorable little bags from Adnits, just little cuties that you would use for like sock knitting or something. We have a really fun drawstring bag from Shirley Bryan Yarns that has <laughs> a little T-Rex on it. And he is dinosaur roaring the instructions for Kitchener Stitch on your bag. So if you're knitting socks and using this bag, you don't have to pull out your phone or whatever thing you use to remember how to do Kitchener Stitch. You just look at the outside of your project bag and it tells you. We have new yarn coming from her, by the way. I'm so excited. I think we've mentioned this before. First of all, the dyer behind Shirley Bryan is named neither Shirley nor Bryan. Her name is Becky. And hey, Becky, she's in Canada. And so it's one of those experiences where we order yarn and she ships it. And then tracking is a 15 question marks. And then we just magically get yarn. So by the time this airs, we may have it in the store or keep your eye because it might be coming. We don't know. It's like a little yarn present for us. It's a super present this time, too, because you all loved it so much. We hugely expanded the color options. Yes. Like, there's so many <laughs> new colors coming. I can't wait. And there's also Blue Sky. They do really cute little muslin drawstring bags. And they used to do something called the pretty cheap bags. They haven't done them for a long time. I don't know if they'll ever pick up doing them again. Those were just like cute little fabric drawstring bags. They are super cheap. They were like six bucks or something. If you ever see them in a store that still has them, snatch them up. We do not. But like somebody might. So get them. They're cute. They're like little cute punny bags too because they all had bird screen printed on them. It was like cheap, cheap. Yeah. Like, they were so good. Do you know that that was my first knitting project bag ever? Oh. Yeah. I got one at the Tangled Skein in St. Peter, Minnesota. And it was the first LYS that I had ever shopped at. And they had the Blue Sky Bags. And Blue Sky's a Minnesota company, and it was just very, like, have such sweet nostalgia for those cute little drawstring bags. And now they have a big drawstring bag that, like, I think you could probably fit a big shawl project, a vest, a something else in it. You could fit a good-sized project in there that just has their, like, very kind of classy, beautiful Blue Sky Fibers logo on it. And those are also good for if you are somebody who carries a purse and you want to have a purse project. And it could be a pair of socks or whatever. One of these will fit inside a non-knitter bag. So you can have secret knitting supplies with you ready to go all the time. Speaking of secret knitter supplies. <laughs> what about bags for all your little bits and pieces? Oh, you need something for your notions. You do. Mm -hmm. You super do. Because there's nothing worse than like poking yourself with your snips because they're swimming free right. in the bottom of your bag under your shawl. Don't throw all your stitch markers in the bottom of your bag. You're going to be mad at yourself if you do that. So notions pouches, there's wild variety. Ziploc bags exist, right? Like do something. Things that we have that are great. We have the moon pouch from Ritual Dyes. I love them. I use them for all of my unruly cables for my interchangeable needles. I just coil them up into little circles and tuck them into this little circle pouch and it's perfect. It's super cute. The accessory roll from Coco Knits. The accessory roll from Coco Knits makes me feel like such a fool because we had it forever and like every time I look at it I'm like, oh it also does that? You can do this? Like it's shocking to me every time I interact with this thing. 
first of all, if you're somebody who likes to be like hyper organized and you like little places for all your stuff, the accessory roll is like your dream because it has little triangle pouches inside of it that snap in and out. Which was my most recent shocking revelation about this thing. Yeah, Jessica was like, wait, did they just make these so they could snap in and out? And I was like, no. I thought it was a new feature. (laughs) (laughs) And then it like rolls up. And so all of the individual little triangle pouches open up wide enough that you can see what's in them. But then it's like a chef's knife roll or something. It's just cool. It's satisfying. And it's made of that cool heavy-duty paper, so like you can leave it that with that kind of aesthetic, or you can wash it so it looks like kind of a rustic, worn leather pouch. Totally paper. So smart. Coconuts, they're so they're so good. And then any kind of little like we sell something called the Uda Notions clutch, right? Any just little like pen case kind of thing works too. The Notions clutch, which, by the way, is from Brooklyn Haberdashery, is super nice because it's boiled wool. Yeah. So it's like wool felt, so it's very much like part of your knitterly fiber person aesthetic. And it's got some like sweet little patchwork fabric detailing stitched on, but it's like a big fancy wallet that you just kind of flip open and all of your stuff kind of tucks neatly inside. A company that we brought into the store recently, they're also Canadian, Pearl and Hank. Oh, yeah. Makes a notions case that comes like pre-populated with some things. Like it has scissors and a measuring tape and... I think some stitch markers. Yeah, some stitch markers. But then also, you know, stitch markers you need 8 million of. So you put your own in there too. And it's just like a little leather case. It's nice. It's fancy feeling. Their stuff is really aesthetically pleasing. Like you just like to touch it. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are so many other bag makers out there that we love and adore and might not have in our shop currently, but you should find them. Yes. Woodsy and Wild, who makes really great little like zipper bags for notions and things like that, project bags. She used to be in New Hampshire and has moved to uh, North Carolina, I think. I think. Yeah. She uses beautiful fabrics. Yes. And like makes very like nice small and medium sized project bags. No real big, huge totes, so so not like for your blanket projects. Hyde and Hammer, who are in the UK and are another like leatherwork company, and they also use canvas and they make really nice bags and accessories. And I periodically email them to see if we can have them in the store and they send me back nice emails, but we haven't quite pulled that one off yet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is also our friend from Nerdbird Makery. Oh my God, Tao stuff is so great. She makes fantastic bucket style bags and they're always limited run. So if you see that she has them available and you want one, you have to be ready. Right. Like you have to snag one and get it quickly because they're not going to be available for you to leisurely shop when you think about it. She prints her bags and like her feminist knit club bag, hot commodity, hard to get. And she also does her really lovely, like, black and white Ruth Bader Ginsburg bag that is hugely popular, too. All of her stuff is really amazing. You know what? I haven't ever seen anybody make, but I would like, because I would like it. What is that? Is a, like, an old-fashioned doctor's style bag. Oh. That, like, you know, there's, like, rectangle bags that open up and it's, like, a nice big rectangle. I would like that. If it exists, someone let us know because I will buy one. I 
That's like, a, like, the, like a satchel. Yeah, but like not like a floppy one, one with like a frame inside of it. Also, that sounds I, cool. Yeah. Also, I want one to take to the gym so I feel fancy. <laughs> Jessica's making a crazy face at me. At the gym? Yeah. Like that, it's just well, going to get shoved in a locker. Right. But then you can find your socks and your everything. It's just there. Uh-huh. I mean, I feel like you could put your socks somewhere <laughs> accessible in your gym bag. But you have to like root around for them. Are you afraid to touch your clothes? <laughs> I I mean, I I feel like the aesthetic is wasted at the gym. Uh, sure, but but if it makes you happy, you do you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's and that's the thing, right? Like so there's, there's something for everyone. Right. There are like a, a bunch of different options. You need to find something that you like, just like needles that you like and that brings you joy to use because you're going to be touching this thing and using this thing all the time. And maybe even more exciting than finding needles, please support independent makers in our fiber community. You are not limited to fiber-specific things for knitting bags. Oh, true. You could make your own if you are crafty. You could find some cool thrifted vintage bowling bag. I don't know. Like, you could use anything. A thrifted bowling bag would hold so many drawstring bags. Yes. You could have 85 drawstring bags. I don't know. Like 12, maybe. Or like a carefully curated selection of some number and like a sweater project. I don't know. There's a lot of room in those things. So there is something out there for you and we hope you find it. (laughs) Send us a picture of it because I want to see everyone's bags because I can only have so many, but I love them all. Hey, Jessica, what's on your needles right now? What's in your project bag right now? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's a good question. So now that I have finished my summer sorrel, I am taking a little bit of time to reconnect with (laughs) some projects that I have neglected. So I am working a little bit on finishing my ripple butt shorts, which I've made a lot of progress on. And also it is time to button up this Tomas pullover, Mm -hmm. which I've decided is not going to be a sweater. It's going to be a vest. Good move. I spent months meditating on the problem I created for myself and it thought about the math and came up with some creative solutions. And then it dawned on me very recently that I don't have to do any of that. (laughs) I just don't. I can just finish up the armholes with some ribbing and I will have a vest, which I would like to wear. So solution. I just love that attitude to this as well, where you're like, I had a problem with this, so I put it away to think about it. Because my approach would be, make the problem much worse through trying to fix it right now, because I cannot stand to know that there is something tucked away that has a problem. And then I make it worse, and then I get really mad. So It's personality types. (laughs) (laughs) It's like how you throw caution to the wind and say, I don't need to look at the instructions. Like, we just approach these issues differently, and that's okay. (laughs) We both end up with knitwear, like finished projects eventually, so our journeys are our own. Um, yes, love that journey for me. What's on your needles, Karen? I am still working on a test knit. It's the two-color color work that's knit flat. And so it's going really slowly because my two-handed color work technique does not work for me purling. But a friend just gave me one of those, I'm not going to know the exact name of this tool, but it's one of those rings that has, it's like a yarn 
It's got coils on it. Has it has coils. It like helps manage your yarn. And I want to try that on the purling side. I feel like that's going to take some concentrated brain figuring out. Like mm-hmm. it's going to take, I have no muscle memory associated with this technique. So I'm going to need to like really focus. And this week has not been the week to do that. So I've just been like slowly plugging away at my like old slow method. But I am, I am loving this. It's well, a really gorgeous. I think your color choices were killer. Jessica picked the colors. Did I? (laughs) Oh, never mind. Yeah, I mean, they definitely are, but I don't remember picking them. I thought you picked them. Mm, They look really good. (laughs) So yay to me. (laughs) Hey, Jessica. Yes, Karen? Are you ready? Oh, no. (laughs) We have a letter. Uh Uh-huh, let's do it. letter this week is from Paige. Hey Paige. I've been knitting socks for years and have gifted them enthusiastically to those with cold feet. Since I started dating my now husband, I've knit him almost a sock drawer's worth, or at least it would be a sock drawer's worth if he wasn't suddenly wearing through the heels. This is a new conundrum for me. No one else has worn through their socks. Usually I knit socks with the fish slip kiss heel and I suppose I could switch over to a gusset, but my real question is this. Can I blame his boots, or is there a specific reason that the heel is giving out between his heel and ankle? That's a great question, Paige. And yay for you for cranking out those socks. I love hand-knit socks, and am a really slow sock knitter, so I don't have nearly as many as I would like. So, it looks like he's suddenly wearing through his socks. Does that mean that he has compiled this quantity of socks in a short enough time that he wouldn't have worn through them before? Or has he gotten new boots? Because you specifically mentioned his boots. And I have to wonder if he were wearing different shoes, like historically, if he has worn different shoes, and there wasn't this kind of heavy wear on the socks, then I would say, yes, blame the boots. But if it just is like a matter of time, and they're all wearing out in the same place. It could just be how his feet fit into his footwear, and that's where the heaviest friction is. I think you have a couple of things to consider when knitting more socks for him. I don't know what kind of yarn you're using. So if you're using a wool that is 100% wool, you might consider using a sock yarn that has nylon in it to add some strength to those high stress points. You can also reinforce those areas that you know will be high wear for him. So you don't necessarily need to change over from using the fish lip kiss heel. I always kind of bungle that, so I had to take it slow. To a gusseted heel with like a flap, you don't have to necessarily change your preferred method, but you could hold like mending thread or an additional strand of yarn over those high wear spots to like thicken up the fabric and make it more durable. And I would encourage him to learn how to darn (laughs) because he wants to take good care of his socks that he loves that you have lovingly made for him. Perhaps he needs to pick himself up a little darning loom and practice so he can repair his socks or even mend like put a little patch on the ones that haven't worn through yet to protect them i wonder about his boots Mm -hmm. if you like run your hand down the back of the heel inside of his boot 
if you feel anything, I think this is more common in like men's footwear in particular because it's made to last longer. Right. It's the quality and ready to wear fashion. Right. I think a lot of like what is used to stitch boots that are marketed to men tends to be like thicker. You know, it's like it's pokier. It's just pokier. And so if you're (laughs) feeling something like being pokey inside there, maybe slap some duct tape on it. Duct tape heals all wounds that... <laughs> it's something like that it could also just be a different shape or something right like if his if he got new boots recently and the ones he had before were not as tight fitting in the ankle and now this one's really tight fitting in the ankle or maybe the other way around mm-hmm. because the other way around would probably lead to more actual movement and therefore more rubbing don't duct tape his boots to his feet but like maybe in inside the boots that is totally a, a solution yeah <laughs> Or duct tape his boots to his feet. I don't know. (laughs) That's it. It's all you get to wear now. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So do some troubleshooting, reinforce, and encourage him to learn how to darn. I think that might be it for us this week. Yeah. Oh, by the way, last week we finished our sorrel knit along. So we don't have a knit along update for you this week. It was lovely. Thank you for participating. You folks knit such good sweaters. Seriously. And parts of sweaters and pieces of sweaters and partial sweaters. Mm-hmm. So good. And we're going to take a couple of weeks to have deep thoughts and think about what our summer knit along might be. I think it's going to be a stunner, whatever it is. So <laughs> get ready. And we will update you on that soon. So thanks for listening. You can find Make Good Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Go do it. Also, while you're there, rate and review us. It helps other knitters find us. If you want to see what we're up to, follow us on Instagram at MakeGoodPod. And we always want to hear from you. You can send us your questions to DearScratch at ScratchSupplyCo.com. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.